I'm not going to preach a patriotic sermon this morning. I'm going to finish my sermon series called Voices in Your Head. May the Lord add the blessing to the preaching of the word. And everyone shouted a great big amen. Voices in your head. Remember the old cartoon where there was an angel on one side of a person's shoulder and the devil on the other side? And both of those were talking in the ear of the person. Have you ever seen a cartoon like that before? Have you ever seen a picture of that before? I think there's a picture behind me, yeah? You see a little devil and you see a little angel. One sitting on the one shoulder and the other sitting on the other shoulder. And what's interesting is the person is stuck in the middle trying to decide what voice to listen to. Have you ever felt that way before? Stuck in the middle, trying to listen to the voices in your head. Voices that tell you, this is the end. Voices that tell you, you won't come out of this. Voices that tell you, you're not good enough. Voices that tell you that you've waited too long. Have you ever heard those voices before? Have you ever been paralyzed by those voices? Stuck in the middle, trying to discern what to do, what to say, where to go. I don't know about you, but I've been there multiple times in my life. The question that we've got to answer this morning is, which voice do I listen to and how do I know which voice is which? And let me just remind you, is you're not crazy this morning. You say, Pastor, I hear voices. You're not crazy. Now let me make a side note here this morning. I am not talking about demon possession. Because I do believe believe that demon possession is real. It is in the scriptures and it does happen. In fact, the Vatican in Rome issued a decree. I think it was this week I read the article from the Vatican. And guess what the article was from the Vatican? which was the Roman church. The, the article stated that there is an increase in occult activity and exorcisms are being requested by the thousands in the church and they're overwhelmed by it. So we are living in perilous times where people are vexed by demonic spirits and those demonic spirits can produce voices in your life to tell you to do things that is unbiblical and unethical and illegal. Of course, that is true. But this morning, I'm not dealing with demon possession, all right? That's a different subject. I am dealing with a mixture of thoughts and influences that come into your life, and you're trying to discern how to listen to it and where to go. Can I hear an amen? And so, The question this morning is, how do I deal with the negative voices in my head? How do I deal with it? Every day, my friends, you are faced with voices. You are, you are in the middle, like this man. You are in the middle, and there's voices coming at you every day, and they're bombarding your mind, and they're bombarding your spirit. And I told you the last three weeks, as I have progressed and preached on this topic about voices in your head, I said that there are three sources of where these voices come from. Number one, voices 
and thoughts come from your environment or it comes from the secular society? What does the society, what does the culture say? And that is a strong voice. Number two, satanic. The enemy can implant thoughts into your mind. And number three, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is also speaking to you. And you've got to discern where and what source is this voice coming from? Is it secular? Is it the environment that I'm in? Number two, is it, is it spiritual? Is it the Holy Spirit? Or number three, is it satanic? Does it come from the enemy? All right? And the enemy, let me tell you, if you are a Christian, the enemy does bombard your mind. The enemy does put things in your mind that you shouldn't think. All right? The enemy is doing it every day. And the Holy Spirit is also speaking to you. And also the society and the culture that we live in, it is also a strong voice. What do I mean by that? The culture that you and I live in, they have opposing views towards God. We value life. They may not value life. We value a certain definition of family. They may not. Uh, we, we value some things in the scriptures that they do not. And you've got to discern that. All right. And so the enemy is going to speak to you and he's going to deceive you because he's going to have enough scripture to make it sound godly. But at the same time, it's, it's to deceive you. Let me say this. The enemy is not going to come and deceive you, uh, with a pitchfork and red robe. You're too smart for that. But the enemy will try to deceive people by false religion. He'll make it look godly. He'll make it look spiritual. He'll make it look all right to deceive you. That is the name of the enemy, a deceiver. And what happened to Eve in the garden? Thousands of years ago, Eve was deceived by something that was good. The fruit was good and she was deceived by something that was good. My friends, listen to me this morning. The enemy will trip you up because you get busy in doing something that's good. Well, I'm preaching better than you're shouting here. Some of the, the enemy will trip you up because you are convinced by you doing something good is acceptable. Not everything that's good is pleasing to the Lord. And you got to discern these voices. And the question is, is what do I do with the negative voices in my mind? How do I discern? Is it me? Is it the secular society that I live in? Is it my voice? I'm stuck in the middle. What do I do? Number one, I'm going to give you three important keys to discern those voices in your head. As I close this sermon series, I'm going to give you three powerful tools that you can put in use in your life. If you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. Whatever. I don't want you to forget about this. These are three tools that I believe that you can use to help you to discern the negative forces and influences in your mind and in your heart. Number one, the very first thing that you can do this morning is think about your thinking. Everybody shout, everybody shout that with me. Think about my thinking. Say it again. Think about your thinking. Number one, you've got to think about your thinking. Now, what do I mean by this? What I mean by this is this. I want you to have a critical mind and not a critical spirit. Say that with me. A critical mind and not a critical spirit. You see, you can approach a problem by having a critical spirit. If you're condescending and negative, that's a critical spirit. 
But if you have a critical mind, a critical mind seeks a solution. So a critical mind is a mind that is self-disciplined and self-motivated, and it is a corrective way of thinking. Your objective is to have a corrective way of thinking, have an objective judgment in what you're thinking about. You remember Joseph? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 20, I want to read to you what the Bible says about Joseph, which is the Virgin Mary's husband. And I quote, but while he thought about these things, do you see that? While he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to me that while Joseph was thinking about it, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Sometimes you've got to take some time in your life and think about what you're thinking about. What do I mean by that? Thinking in such a way that you come to an objective judgment, not subjective, objective Notice this, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 verse 4, and I quote, but Jesus knowing their thoughts said, why do you think evil in your hearts? Why do we need to discern our thoughts? Because some of our thoughts are evil and you must discern it. Not all your thoughts are godly. Not all of your thoughts is acceptable. Some of your thoughts are evil and you've got to judge those thoughts. Are you hearing me, my friends? You've got to judge those thoughts. You cannot entertain evil thoughts. You cannot entertain those evil influences that come to you by your mind. You must think about what you're thinking about. How do you discern those voices? I want to give you a discernment tool. All right, never forget this. When negative thoughts come into your mind and you're thinking about your thinking, you've got to have a discernment tool. And this discernment tool is this. You've got to ask yourself this question. Whose agenda does this voice support? Whose agenda does this voice support? This will help you to discern where the voice is coming from. Let me ask you a question. This is a discernment tool that you can use. You need to ask yourself the question, whose agenda does this voice support? Who, what does this voice produce in my life? What type of emotion does it produce? Is this voice producing conviction or is it producing condemnation in my life? Listen to Pastor Josh. Is the voice producing conviction or is it producing condemnation? Conviction is a desire to change while condemnation is a feeling of uh, degradation. It's a feeling of guilt and shame. And sometimes we live our life in a mode of guilt and shame because we're listening to the wrong voice. The right voice will not condemn you. The right voice will convict you. Conviction is a sense that I need to get better, a sense that I want to be like Jesus, a sense of knowing that I've done wrong and I know I've done wrong, but I don't want to stay there. I want to get better and I refuse to live in my past any longer. Can I hear an amen? Is that voice producing conviction or is it producing condemnation? Listen to me, my friends. The voices in your mind will either feed your faith or it will feed your fear. 
And some of us are living in a continual mode of fear because we're listening to the wrong voice. If you listen to the right voice, it will produce faith. Because the scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you are listening to the right voice, you will produce faith in your life. But if you're listening to the wrong voice, it's going to produce fear in your life. Listen, the enemy's voice is always out to bring confusion in your life. When the enemy speaks to you, it is always filled with guilt and shame and condemnation. But I also want to say this. When the enemy speaks to you, not only is it about condemnation, guilt, and shame, but it's also about self-sufficiency. The enemy can come to you and say, you don't need help. You don't need to join a small group. You're okay. There's nothing wrong. You don't need to admit to anything. And you've got to watch the trap of the enemy. It's either extreme. It's either I'm down and I'm no good and I'm shameful and I'll never amount to anything or the opposite thing that the enemy will deceive you with is that you're self-sufficient, you're okay, nothing's wrong, you, you don't need to admit to anything. You can make it all by yourself. Listen, if you hear the voice, if you hear this voice, I'm not good enough, then you've got to ask yourself the question, whose agenda does this support? You know whose agenda is supports? Misery. So when I have the thoughts, I'm not good enough, I'll never make it, whose agenda is it supporting? Is supporting guilt, shame, condemnation, and you know immediately that's not from God. Do you know what? When the voice comes to you and say, I messed up, thank God for forgiveness, But I want to get better, and the next time, I'll do better. I'll do better. I've met people in school, they'll absolutely lose their mind if they made a B. That really shows people's immaturity. They don't know how to handle stress in life. They don't understand that life is not about a destination. Life is about a journey. And there will be sometimes you won't always make the honor roll. The problem is you need to stay on the course and finish the journey. No matter what grade you make, stay in the race. One of my professors came to me and said, and I was a good student. I, I, I did everything that was required of me, but I was stressing over grades and I never forgot. He says, Josh, it's great that you have a desire to do it and I want you to make the very best grades that you can. He says, but as a professor in my arena, I have seen people make good grades and they drop out in the middle of the semester. He says, what really matters is stickability. Do you have the ability to stick it through no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, and no matter what the report card says, you made it to the end. Yes, make good grades. It's not about grades. It's about sticking through it, being faithful. To the very end. If you've got to struggle, struggle through it. But don't give up. You see, you, you need, what do you believe? Why? The question is, is why do we believe everything about ourselves? Why do you believe everything about yourself? Because you believe yourself no matter what people say to you. You usually will believe yourself. And what you say to yourself is not always true. You were born in sin, and if you were born in sin, that means that you have the Adamic nature from Adam. That means that you are corrupted and depraved, and that means that your voices inside of you could be corrupt. 
Not everything you think about yourself is true. And not everything you think about a situation is true. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? Matthew chapter, I think is number nine, verse number 20. I love this story about the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says in Matthew chapter nine, verse number 20, and the Bible says, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came behind and touched the hem of his garment. Verse number 21. She said with to herself, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Do you see what she did? She said this within herself. She had a conversation within herself. In other words, she was listening to a voice that was telling her not to give up. She was listening to a voice that was saying, persevere and press through. I'm telling you, the voices that you listen to will either cause faith or fear in your life. And this woman was promoted, this woman was pushed to Jesus because she listened to the right voice in her mind. If only I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Do you know what some people will do? Some people would be in the crowd and some people would say this to themselves. Well, you know, I don't feel like it. It's not worth it. Jesus doesn't really care for me. And besides, most of the crowd that's around Jesus, I don't even like. And we talk ourselves out of the blessing of God. Some of you talk yourself out of not going to a small group and not going to church. You're missing out in developing friendships and relationships with people that can better you for the kingdom of God because you're listening to a voice that's paralyzing your faith. You are being paralyzed because you're listening to the wrong voice. The voice is telling you you don't fit in. They don't love you. You shouldn't go there. Why do you believe everything you think? Why do you believe everything you think? It's it's what you say within yourself that brings healing. It's what you say within yourself that brings healing. Number one, you got to think about what you're thinking about. Stop and think about your thoughts. Why are you thinking about it? Whose agenda does that voice support? How does that voice make you feel? Is it bringing condemnation or is it bringing conviction? Whose agenda does it support? Think about your thinking. And number two, number two, What do I do with the negative voices in my life? Number two, you got to put word on word. You got to put word on word. In other words, when you have negative thoughts, not only do you, number one, think about what you're thinking about, but number two, you got to put the word of God on it. You've got to put the word of God on it. What does that mean? You take the Bible, you take the scriptures, and you get it inside of you. How do you get it inside of you? You get it in your mind. You put the word on the thoughts. You put the word on the thoughts. I know this is elementary, but it is true. And if you don't do that, you will live a defeated life. I'm telling you the source to victory. I'm telling you the source of encouragement. I'm telling you about a source of healing. I'm telling you about the most wonderful thing that could ever happen in your life. And that is getting something that is powerful and life-changing on the inside of you, getting the Bible, getting the scriptures on the inside of your heart and your mind. If you can listen 
to the TV and you can play on your phone for hours a day, there is no excuse why you can't get the Bible inside of you. Get the Bible out, get an iPhone, download a version of the Bible that you understand and make it a habit of every day that the Bible is being read to you because what you don't know is what's happening to you is greater than what happened in you. Get it in you. Put the word of God on it. Remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16, the enemy came to Jesus and I'm just going to read you just a small portion of it and what did, what did Jesus do? When the evening came, excuse me, yeah, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, look at this scripture. And when the evening had come, they brought to him many who was demon-possessed, and he cast them out with a word. Oh, hallelujah. How many believes the word of God is powerful? How many believes the word of God still works? What did Jesus do? He took the word, and the word works. I'm telling you today, the word will work if you work it. It works if you work it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. Now when the tempter had come and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And what did Jesus say? It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What did Jesus do? When the enemy came and gave him a wrong thought, He said, it is written. He spoke back the word. You've got to put word on word. You've got to think about your thinking. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor Dallas, come here for a moment and help me. Pastor Brandon was supposed to help me, but he's serving today. And so this illustration is not something I came up with, so i got to give credit to where credit's due. I learned it at Summerfest from the guest speaker, and so I thought it was so relevant that I wanted to use it today. So I appreciate the idea from the pastor. And so if you can just hold the... Yes, just put those in there. And so each of these ping pong balls that I have, the white ones, they represent thoughts. Okay? Everybody shout Thoughts. And this is your mind. Everybody say mind. This is your mind and this is your thoughts. Your thoughts are the voices in your mind. The thoughts are the voices in your head. And you hear them every day, primarily from three sources. The enemy, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, or society. So let's play a little game here. Society says, oh, you don't need to go to church. That God thing is not real. You're wasting your time going to church. Let's, let's miss church this weekend and do, you know, it doesn't matter if you go to church or not. Let's, 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 let's not put God first in our finances. Keep all the money you make. Work until you can't work no more. Store up all your money in your savings account. Store it up in all of your accounts. Just keep storing it all for yourself. Do it work for yourself. Have sex with whoever you want to have sex with. Smoke with whatever you want to smoke. Do whatever. Live your life. Let's just be happy. Go to work. You're no good. You're not doing a good enough job. Somebody else says you're not pretty enough. Somebody says you're not fit enough. Somebody else says, you're not smart. You don't have enough education. 
They don't like you. You don't fit in. Oh, they're talking about you. Did you see the way they looked at you? No facts, but you know, that's what you think. On and on, you have all these thoughts. So, as a Christian, some of us will read the Bible once a week. This is the good stuff. This is the Word of God. Read the Bible once a week. I'll go to church on Sunday morning, but I'm not really paying attention because I'm on my phone, so maybe I get half of the service. And I listen to a Christian song during the week, and I cry a little bit. Okay, we'll give you credit. So, when my life is a mess, and I really need help, and I really need to make a right decision, I make a decision by pulling out the thoughts and voices in my head and primarily hold it up. Primarily, there's more white balls than there are orange, and for the most part, my life will be filled with whatever the world thinks. Because I don't have enough orange ping pong balls. I don't got enough of the word of God in me. So I constantly live a defeated life because I listen and I give heed to the voices of the enemy and the voices of society. And I think by going to church and reading the Bible once in a while is enough to live a victorious life. And my friends, you got too many white balls in your life. Too many white ping pong balls. So therefore, once in a while, once in a great while, I'll make a godly decision. See what I'm saying? I'm saying that you've got to put word on word. I'm saying that you've got to invest yourself. I'm saying you've got to be intentional about reading the Bible. You've got to be intentional about praying with your spouse and praying with your children. You've got to be intentional about putting God first in your finances. You've got to be intentional about living a life that pleases God. People don't automatically drift towards God. They drift away from God. You've got to make up your mind. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. That's why, that is why, the church is not making a difference is because we got too much of the world's thinking. And so therefore, when somebody's really generous and somebody's really praising God, we think it's odd. It's not odd. They just got more orange than you do. The question is, thank you. The question is, is how much orange do you have in your life? How much orange do you have? Number three in closing. The voices in your head, number one, you got to think about your thinking. Number two, you got to put word on word. And number three, you got to ask the right questions. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Asking the right questions provokes the right thoughts. Instead of saying this, why is that happening to me? Why don't you ask the question is, What does God want me to learn in this? Why don't you ask the right questions? When you go to Walmart and the cashier is rude to you, why do you automatically assume bad? Why do you automatically assume that it's about you? If it's, if they don't know you personally, don't take it personally. We're asking the wrong question. Instead of saying, why is she acting that way? 
Why don't we ask the question, what happened to her this week that would make her act that way? Instead of getting frustrated that things are not going your way, why don't you ask the right question? Why is, why is my husband this way? Why is my spouse this way? That's the wrong question. The question you need to ask is what's going on that's causing this behavior? Instead of asking why, we need to ask what? For example, instead of asking why I'm going through this, ask, what do I need to learn through this? Instead of asking why I'm going through this, ask, what can I learn through this? Sometimes we misinterpret a situation because we are asking the wrong questions. Questions dictate your thoughts. And do you know what anxiety is? Anxiety is thoughts out of control. People who are anxious and worried, they have their thoughts, they're not under control, they're out of control. People who are anxious, jumping from here, jumping from there, don't know, scattered brain, thoughts, and they're in the middle. And that's why Paul said you've got to gird up the loins of your mind. Why? Because he was using a Roman analogy. When Rome went to war, those soldiers had to pick up their robe. And what did they have to do? They girded their loins. They took the ends of their robe and put it under their belt so that when they were marching, they didn't tremble or they didn't fall on their robe. They didn't tremble and fall on their own clothing. And Paul is saying, if you're going to live a victorious life, you've got to get the loose ends of your mind and pull the loose ends of your mind together to the belt of the word of God because the belt of the word of God is what pulls your mind together. I have never met a Christian who reads the Bible and prays and devoted to Christ. I've never met a Christian that's unstable. If, if they're doing that, I've never met an unstable believer. They have bad times, but they've learned to control their emotions. Everything you should say is truthful, but not everything you should say should be said. They learn how to control their emotions. They ask the right questions. Gotta, you see, the Holy, this is so good. You remember the story in Acts chapter four, excuse me, Exodus four, verse one. Remember the story. This is so powerful. Exodus 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 1. Listen to this scripture. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. And the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said, What is in your hand? Now, put the scripture back up there. Look at verse number 1. What did Moses say? Moses said, he asked a question, so to speak. He said, Suppose they will not believe me or listen to me. Everybody shout they. Now I want you to see the Lord's question. Verse two. The Lord said, what is in your hand? Boy, I'm about to shout here. Y'all get that? Ready? Verse one. Moses said, they will not believe me or listen to me. Verse two. The Lord 
ask the right question because the right questions direct the right thoughts. The question is now, what is in your hand? So what's the point? The Lord is simply saying this, Moses, don't worry about they because you can't control they. You need to control what is in your hand. Hallelujah. And some of you have been worrying about they. You've been worrying about them. You're worrying about their voices and what they think about you. You have no control over they. The only thing you have control over is what is in your hand. They, 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 they. And the Lord said, I'm asking you a different question. What? Are you more concerned about they that you have forgot what? You're so concerned about people not liking you, you refuse to attend a small group because people don't like you and you forget that you have something in your hand that you can contribute to people. Won't get involved. Won't serve because may, they may not like me. And I'm just throwing generalities out. I'm not preaching to one particular person. Please don't think that. I'm just preaching. We're bound by fear. Because of they. Do you know if I lived my life with they, I would never come to church. Because i got to get up here and preach. And not everything goes all right before church. But I got to make up my mind. It doesn't matter what they is happening. I got to, I got, I got something in my hand that I got to contribute. It's not about they, it's about what you have. Don't worry about things that you can't control. Worry about what you can control. You can't control everything, but you can control your response, your attitude, your heart. Genesis 18, verse 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, I'm too old, shall have pleasure, my Lord being so old. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Surely, I surely bear a son since I'm old. And what was the Lord's response? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Sarah said, I'm too old. But there's a different question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Because questions direct your thoughts. Questions direct your voices. Why is my son being so rebellious? That's the wrong question. What is going on in his heart? What is going on at school? You got to ask the right question. Because questions provoke the thoughts. And the Lord said, is there anything too hard for me? Sarah's laughing. I'm an old woman. Am I going to bear a son in my old age? And the Lord said, is there anything too hard for me? Well, that produces different thoughts, don't it? What's wrong with me is the wrong question. The right question is, what do I need to see that I'm not seeing? You got to make up your mind that you have too much purpose in your life to be petty. You got to make up your mind that you got to decide your distractions. You have to decide your distractions. And as we close this sermon series today,
about voices in your head, I pray that number one, you will think about your thinking. Number two, you will combat the word with the word. And number three, you will ask the right questions. 